The gospel today can be a difficult one to understand. Our Lord is speaking in hyperbole. He is not saying that we should not perform the work of mercy, of burying the dead. He's not saying that we should not have connections to our family, but rather he is speaking in hyperbole, saying we need to stay focused. We need to stay on target and make sure that we are proclaiming the kingdom in everything that we do. This passage can also be confusing because of the mention of the Samaritans. The Samaritans were descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but they practiced Judaism in a way such that there was a break between the Samaritans and the Jews who worshipped in Jerusalem. And it was not just a theological disagreement. It was not simply a conflict over ideas. Things got ugly, and both sides got their hands dirty over the course of the years, such that people who were going from the north in Galilee to Jerusalem, even though the direct line was right through Samaria, they would bypass Samaria, sometimes adding days to their journey because they didn't want anything to do with the Samaritans, those with whom they had strong disagreements and between whom there was bad blood. Two of our Lord's apostles asked him, Do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? They were thinking about the days of Elijah and the prophets of Baal who were killed by the prophet. Our Lord must have been amused when he heard them ask that question. It might have been like a story that was told to me of a, of a master woodworker who was capable of doing just about anything with wood. He made the finest furniture and cabinets uh, and, and t- tables that had intricate veneer on them. He, he had mastered his craft over 50 years. One day he invited his grandson to come to the workshop and watch him do a project. And no sooner had the grandson started watching his grandfather, the master carpenter, the grandson chimed in with, well, Grandpa, why don't you do it this way instead? Why don't you take a shortcut and go this way? Why do you have to go through all those steps? And the grandfather was amused with his grandson. And he said to him, Son, maybe if you keep your mouth shut and your eyes and ears open, you just might learn something. Our Lord must have thought the same thing of his apostles because our Lord had something different in store. 
He knew he was in Samaritan territory. He knew there were disagreements. But his way was not the way of violence and conflict. His way was the way of conversion, convincing them, persuading them of his new way of life. And in fact, St. Luke relates this account to us of our Lord's encounter with the Samaritans. St. Luke wrote a sequel to his gospel, the Acts of the Apostles. He wrote those two books pretty much at the same time. There's a whole chapter in the Acts of the Apostles that describes the conversion of the Samaritans through the preaching of the deacon Philip and through the action of the apostles Peter and John. Our Lord's way is different from our way. We need to learn from him. We need to pay attention. On Friday, the disagreements among our neighbors and our fellow citizens was elevated because of the most welcome Supreme Court decision to overrule Roe versus Wade, an action that we have been praying for for nearly five decades. We know that there are tensions. We know that there are some people saying raucous and ugly things. What should we do now that the decision has been made? What should we do? Our Lord teaches us that there is no room for the path of violence, but rather for the path of persuasion. When that decision was announced on the news, I thought almost immediately of all of those people for 49 years who have traveled to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. No matter the distance, some of whom would ride in school buses for 24 hours to get there, no matter the weather, January in Washington can present some awful weather. They marched in snow and rain and sleet. They kept presenting themselves before the nation in a peaceful, prayerful way. I think of those who have prayed by now millions of rosaries for the cause of life. I think of those who have kept vigil during 40 days for life, both during Lent and in the fall, kept vigil at Planned Parenthood, 
the place where abortions are performed prayerfully, peacefully, a quiet but powerful witness. I think of those who have helped out at places like our own uh, crisis pregnancy center, pregnancy care center. Week after week, coming in to volunteer to help, faithfully supporting those places with financial contributions so that women might have a real choice, the choice for life, that they might not be pressured by circumstances to make a poor choice, but that they might have the support that they need to make a good choice. This is the path that our Lord suggests, a path of accompanying those who disagree with us, walking with them, even though we might be miles apart, to find some common ground and to find a a path to reconciliation, a path of conversion to a new way of looking at things. There's a lesson that we can learn from the early days of the church in the ancient city of Rome. Abortion was commonplace. Infanticide was commonplace. Children who were not wanted, children who had any type of deformity or disability, and who were not wanted, were simply exposed to the elements until they died. There were places outside the city gates where those infants could be placed. It didn't take too long for the wolves to find out what was going on. And the wolves would carry those babies away. This was going on in the great city of Rome at a time when Christianity was in its infancy. What did the early Christians do? They had no way of changing things, but they could influence good Christian women would go to the city gates at night and wait for babies to be placed outside the gates. And they would bring those babies home and care for them, giving them a chance for a good life. Christians would routinely take care of the sick and the less fortunate, even though they were not required to by Roman law, and the Romans often scratched their heads saying, why on earth are these people burdening themselves with sick people who don't even belong to them? 
But over the course of the years, the Romans came to appreciate what Christian people were doing. They were influenced by them. They recognized the Christians by their love, by their charity, and they wanted to be Christians, and they converted in substantial numbers, even though conversion could carry with it a death sentence. We rightly rejoice in the news from Friday. There's no doubt about that. But there's really no time for a victory lap. Rather, we need to stay focused on the task at hand. We need to be vigilant, especially with legislatures that come and go, especially since now these decisions are to be made at the state level. We must be patient with those with whom we will disagree, accompanying them by a path of goodness, letting them know our intentions, letting them know our heart, not so much by our arguments, but by our charity, taking care of those young people who find themselves in trouble, going the distance, making sure that anyone who has a pregnancy that is difficult or confusing to them can find help and can find friendship and assistance through the church, letting that message ring out loudly and clearly. And young people, I want you to be on the front lines. When your friends have questions, when your friends get into difficulty, who will they seek out first? They won't seek out a clergy member. They won't seek out a teacher or a guidance counselor. They will come to you. What should I do? And you can say, let's go to the pregnancy care center right behind Wendy's. Let's see if they can give you some counsel. There are alternatives to abortion. There are other ways. There is a path of life to follow. Our Lord said to his apostles, essentially, if you keep your mouth shut and your eyes and ears open, you might just learn something. Let us continue to learn from the Lord, the Master, let us continue to be inspired by his example, the path of conversion of heart that he puts before all people, especially in the most difficult issues, the issues of our day. We might not be able to change much, but we can influence 
and people of all walks of life, people everywhere, have a space in their heart for that which is good, that which is truthful, that which is beautiful. May we never stop speaking the truth in charity. May we never stop acting with goodness. May we never stop speaking of the beauty of every human life from conception until natural death.